few more midfield gigs. And look, he did exactly what any reasonable coach could have expected him to do. Nothing. He, he <laughs> blame enough and then ship him off to snake in someone else's problem. Is that what you, you Absolutely. <laughs> it's time for another raw cast player review session. This time it's the midfielders. I'm joined by the same foursome again. Dave. G'day. Danny Butts. Howdy. Mr. Evans. Hey. And the Ben. Hello. And that's James Price talking to you right now, ladies and gentlemen. Don't yeah. forget that guy. That's it. That's it. That's my dulcet tones leading you all through this. All right, we'll start at the bottom, work our way through to those that played the most. Again, George Mel's just the one sub on appearance in the FFA Cup. Next. <laughs> it was, there was a rumour he was meant to leave to Adelaide during the season. Didn't happen, but... Yeah. I'll be I'll memorable. Be yeah. Disappointed, because I actually had some hopes for George Mel's during the season, mm. but he just... Obviously never performed in training. I don't know what happened. Yeah, obviously never performed in training, and then got run over by these probably next couple of guys. Shit, I thought you guys say got run over by a car. <laughs> <laughs> now you feel bad. I mean... It, it, it was Fowler's SUV. <laughs> but it, was it was it the Range Rover driven by uh, <laughs> Fowler? Yeah. I'm just disappointed they didn't ship him off to Indonesia like the current coach. <laughs> uh, Kai Truin was on the books this season, a youngster coming up from the uh, three sub appearances for Kai Truin, so not too much action for him, but hopefully he's still around for a bit more to come. Probably the next two, a bit more interesting, came in obviously after the COVID break. So we had Danny Kim came on loan for the five goals, after uh, the five goals, oh, for the five fun. games. But he had yeah, a couple of cracks. Fun. He had a couple of cracks, a dumb goal actually, which were quite handy. And Matt Redenton also came in and even scored a goal. So five appearances, both of them. I think that's all the COVID games they appeared in yep, post. all the COVID. Sometimes all the games. Yep. Um, what, what quickly do we think of those two boys coming in, Danny? I uh, liked them both. I thought Danny Kim got a bit overrun in the uh, final. Uh, whether that was a tactical thing, because Western United, you know, what's and all, they are pretty tactical in how they play. Yeah. Um, but he may grow from that experience. Um, so I liked them both, I guess is what I'm saying. I really liked Redenton. It's a shame that I believe he's left, and I don't know if the option to grab him as a free agent is there. I haven't heard of him. Re- so he was officially released. So I think we had him on a short-term contract. Where yeah. Danny Kim was officially a loan from Lions. So Danny Kim has gone back to Lions. Well, short-term Definitely contract might have just been just for those games, and then okay, we haven't because obviously yeah, when the new season yeah. starts, so they just said, well, we're not going to re-sign you until we know what's going on. So what do we reckon on Danny Kim? Will he, will he come back after he's finished with Lions? I, I hope so. I think they'll see how how he develops. Just you know, being back at Lions, if if he continues on the way he's playing, I'd say they'd be looking to offer him a contract. Yeah, when will that season finish? Uh, they they've got about another half a dozen games to go, so the season will be done by the time we're looking to play. So it'll work out nicely for him, and yeah, more game time for young players is what they need, right? And one of the next week back to Lions will probably give yeah. him a chance and to that's see, what I was thinking. see how the player does in preseason for the next season if they haven't already kind of worked mm-hmm. all that out. And to be fair, why shouldn't? Brisbane Raw, as the professional club in this area, why shouldn't they use the NBL clubs? Yeah, for sure. clubs? Absolutely. Yeah, the same for Redenton. Redenton came in and was better than I thought. I thought he was better than what he was going to be, Dave. Yeah, no, he, he provided um, a little bit more steel. He, he very, maybe a slightly better version of Jacob Pepper. Mm. A slightly you know? better version of Brad Indy. Don't get ahead of it, mate. Don't get ahead of it. Be a slightly better version of, of Jacob Pepper, maybe. You know, he was able to get ahead head on at the end of a goal, which I actually thought that goal itself was a quite nicely constructed mm. move by the team. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think, yeah, I don't think you'd see Pepper sort of in those parts of move, he, movements. No, like, I don't think he'd get him in that. He'd sit deeper if he did. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't. He'd normally score headers at corners and stuff, Pepper. Yeah. And look, yeah, I'll give him props for his man bump. But, um, <laughs> no, I gave him villain points for that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's where Dan and I's philosophy is. I'm a pro man bun for him. And, uh, Dan's Dan's don't watch Leeds United play this season, mate. That is man bun central Leeds United. <laughs> yeah. Right, another young player. He started at the start of the season a couple of games and then sort of, we, we believe he got injured a fair bit. And it is the Admiral, Hermit Hakabari. He was back. Here's your favorite, one of your favourite players to sing about. Uh, oh, yes. oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> it is a trap. Signing him with a trap? Or? Yeah. He's no, 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 I, I, I really like him as a player. Um, I really, you know, pre-season and FFA Cup was kind of encouraging for him and then it just didn't really come together for him this season. Like, I think it's partly because of injury, partly just because of, you know, certain players in midfield probably, you know, not sure was, his position. Yeah, I'm not sure there was the right spot for him. I mean, I'm not 100% sure that like, far the player is because we haven't seen enough of him, but it's... Yeah, well, I don't think he's one. Of, I don't think he's meant to be a defensive midfielder by any stretch of the means, and so. But I mean, he has yeah. played there quite a lot. Mm. So. Even then, the way you play a defensive mid in a five-man backline is so different. Like sometimes you need the playmaker there. Yeah, and him there in that role was all right, but he only played there in the early parts of the season he's... where we weren't. We had no idea going forward, so. You know, I, I think, think he's, he's got something, but how do you get quite it? good as a like ball-winning midfielder, which. When, you know, compared to what he looked like when he first came out, I'm like, what the hell is this? But I feel like he could really play a four-three-three well and be like almost like he's not a left footer, but the Matt Mackay role. Yeah. Like you sort of, you probably don't necessarily want him as a deep like um, swing man that's doing like all the dirty work, but he can certainly play a fast forward and keep keeps the game ticking over. So yeah, it's there's certainly a role for him there. But yeah, I mean, I hope he's still around for another season and uh, yeah, we can we can see some more from the from the admiral. Let's move on to a couple more players that have played a little bit more. Stefan Mork was around at the start of the season, and this is probably another player where he just seemed a bit lost in our system. And uh, so he did, but did start the twelve game, uh, played twelve, subbed on in one of them. So a couple of goals as well, a couple of yellow cards, and left to go to Adelaide United mid-season. Dave, yeah, look, he he started missing a few games, and I think he probably saw the writing on the wall. Um, either that, or Adelaide inquired he wanted to go back to Adelaide, and he got dropped. As a result, when that was going to happen, so something's happened there. But he wasn't playing well. He wasn't well, playing well. Right. No, he wasn't playing exceptionally well. But um, but there was definitely a point where he was playing. He stopped playing, and then he yeah. went to Adelaide. And it wasn't like it was because yeah. no one. It wasn't playing. like he suddenly stopped playing. You know, started playing worse. No, he, just, like, he didn't get know, phased out either. Well, he just it's not like from. he came. Not like he went to the bench. Yeah. Right, he got. I think he had one sub appearance. You see there, but not like he went to the bench for a few games and was gradually kind of not played. He, he, he was stopped immediately, wasn't he? He was stopped. Just, so, just judging on well, the, f- the first time that he played against us when he went back to Adelaide, the first there game? was a, a, a fair <laughs> bit of anger job. in there. So, yeah, I, I suggest mo- there might have been some sort of falling out that also happened. Isn't that is man. Brisbane, no, the way to Adelaide, that happens. I know, like, I, I know it is. So, yeah, there's, there's something in the water bottles down there. Look, I, I don't... It, but, I dare say he was not happy to leave because sort of on Instagram worked out like his girlfriend or fiance is still up here in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, so I, and like we'd signed him to a long term deal, yeah, like four years. Five, and five, five years. Five years. Yeah. Four, five he was years. supposed to be the the fix to our midfield that Manny yeah. Mackay was leaving and we've got this guy Stefan and we've got Exactly. Like he's you know, he was a really good player before he went overseas and like in the A League and 
you know, he was a good quality player, but just didn't work here. And yes, yeah, so I think there's, there's the anger. Like, okay, he's gone back to Adelaide because he knows he's going to get game time or whatever. I feel for him because he, mm. first season he got injured. Missed yeah. a lot of the season. And I just I think he got... I'm not sure he I got think, a fair shake of uh, the sauce bottle, mate. Didn't get a fair shake of the sauce bottle, mate. I think the the change of manager really hurt him. Yeah. Really, really hurt him. So, yeah, and just got overlooked by the people that the, the new manager brought in. So, yeah, that's 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 one of the tough stories in football, I think. So, um, Stefan Moore, but... Yeah, good luck to him. Uh, the Pepper Shaker did officially leave. Uh, he was playing definitely midfield this season. Uh, that sort of defensive role. 13 appearances for the Pepper Shaker. Only the two yellow cards, which is uh, pretty darn good for him. Got Mutual on the uh, 7th of March 2020. And only just now actually headed off to Indonesia because he sort of signed and then I think COVID hit and... Yeah, uh, just hang out. Yeah, just chilled. And yeah, I hope he was still getting paid or something, but... Uh, yeah, probably, probably, probably not, maybe. Um, so, yeah, the Pepper Shaker. Mm. What do we think of him this year, Rick? <laughs> Same as I thought of him every year. Sure. <laughs> he got the opposite to Mork, right? He got a new lease of life under the new coach. Like, everyone yeah. else was pretty well... He got to go back to his position. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> yeah. he's pretty well done unless you need a makeshift defender. And then new coach comes and he gets a few more midfield gigs. And look, he did exactly on. what any reasonable coach... Could have expected him to do nothing. He, he <laughs> blame enough and then ship him off to snake in someone else's problem. Is that what you, you absolutely? <laughs> but but like I, just, bit, I, I think it was a bit of a product of Robbie Fowler's real lack of the ability to you know identify talent and you know mm. pick the right person for what he was trying to do because he was able to bring in some players where he knew that they could do that. But the players that he already had, his ability to make them do that was pretty limited. And he went, oh, who is the most Brexit ball player at the club? Jacob Pepper, let's start him. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, that reflected in our earlier conversation about, uh, you know, um, you know, Max Crocombe and, uh, and Jamie Young. Just the lack of ability to, you know, pick out talent is just, yeah, it's... I- I was going to say, I think Jacob Pepper kind of fits into the same. We spoke in the last pod about Danny Bowles being a versatile, probably low-level, A-league-level mm-hmm. player. I think Jacob Pepper's the same, but for your midfield, or so the sort of back-end midfield slash defender sort of position. No, he's not going to go wide, but you know he can get in there and do a job Same when, when you need someone to do a job. Not necessarily start every week, though, like he had been in previous seasons. So... Yeah, look, he, he does a role. It's, I don't think he cost you an arm and a leg to keep him employed as an A-League no. footballer. But he, he is no longer on our books, so uh, we'll see what happens. I, I, I just have this gut feeling we're going to sign him back. No. You're getting <laughs> salty about that, are you? Yeah, yeah, I am getting salty about that. Uh, yeah, it is. Oh, that's what I fear. But he is apparently a nice guy, but yeah, anyway. Let's probably move on to the three players that played the most in midfield for us this season. And uh, certainly Aidan O'Neill uh, probably played the least. When you look at the stats, only played 18 games. But when you consider that he missed a bunch of games to the Oliver and then when COVID hit, his loan deal ended and he wasn't extended to cover the extension of the season. So, yeah, if he was here after COVID, he was yeah. playing the other five games. Exactly. So, um, And obviously that's why we signed Rick. We probably don't sign Kim or Rick. Yeah, one of those two, yeah. So... So I think, you know, he's a good player, Aiden O'Neill. He was a pretty... It's pretty easy to miss him. Like, yeah. you, you're sort of... You'd watch him... You'd watch a game and be like, was he yeah. out there, I guess? Like, to be honest, 
think, but he didn't necessarily do a bad job. If I think it? back to our championship year, Pablo wasn't too dissimilar. Like he, he was a bit more notable in the fact he was able to score a few goals. Mm. And they're usually big goals. Like he got a goal of a season, he scored in the final, which everyone remembers from the freaking commentary, mm-hmm. right? But if you think back to that first season and how that team ticked over, was Pablo really like a standout player game to game? Not really. No. Nothing. Aiden O'Neill. Pardalou was always more obvious though because like, you know, under Ange, our centre-backs had split and Pardalou would sort of come in almost like a third centre-back and that that passing triangle, you know, that passing triangle, you know, between the defensive mid and the, yeah, Pardalou was always very obvious in that role, like that, yeah. And he looks like Drogo from Rocky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He stood out a bit more, whereas Aiden O'Neill, it just felt like he was like one of the same players, like he looked the same as Scott Neville when they're running around out there. Same haircut, sort of sweep over and, yeah, it's... So that's why it's easy to miss him, but it wasn't that he was bad. It's just and that's what I was saying. You can play your defensive midfielder in different ways. And mm. In this case, when he came on, he was the hard man. He was the anchor. You just sit in the hole. You just you're there to foil breaks from midfield. You're there to stop counterattacks. You... And that's important when you do have those full those wing backs. Mm. If they're both pushing on you, someone say would drop in there and make that pull. Yeah. So in case they break. So he he did a serviceable job. He's a good player. I'd have him. I wish, wish we'd have grabbed him, but well, well City have grabbed him. That's now. what I mean. City I wish we'd have. They, they. I mean, City see him as money. They're going to build him up, sell him to Manchester City, and, and um, loan him out to Celtic. And being so already, and already, being already, yeah, and being already owned by Burnley, like you'd be known to the English scouting network. Uh, so yeah, it's probably not a bad piece. It's not a bad piece of business by Melbourne City. Like, and he went to England when he was young. So in terms of England's like having players trained in England is like one of their registration clauses. So yeah. people that have been trained there that are that quality are hot properties. So yeah, he'll get a gig in England. Somewhere. Especially if um, the actual proper Brexit goes through and yeah, makes those changes yeah. those requirements again. So yeah, anything more to add on Aiden O'Neill before we end on to the next one? No, I was going to get on the next one. Yeah, the next one? The next one's my, he's one of my favourite players in the team. Isn't that right, Dan? Players player? <laughs> <laughs> Number 26. Number no number it is number and ten. Our highest goal scoring midfielder. Oh, <laughs> You've got him as a midfielder, but I mean he came third in the golden boot. He doesn't defend. High, highest goal scoring midfielder. Yeah, he came third in the golden boot. Standing. Can you score him? Can you call him a striker if he doesn't? Well, I mean none of our other strikers. So. By, the, by the way, we're talking about Brad Inman just in case you haven't worked it <laughs> out, listeners. So he did play twenty. He who should not be named. <laughs> He did uh, play 26 games during the season, five goals and just the one yellow. So Good discipline, mate. Well done. Yeah, very good discipline. <laughs> Might mean that he wasn't doing much chasing around up top, maybe, Dan. is that uh, Was that part of your problem with you? <laughs> just, just, I just, just, what did you not like about Brad in? Yeah. What, what's, your deal? what's your deal with Brad in? <laughs> Let's sum this up quickly. What did he it go the other way? He's an attacking player. What did he contribute that we five didn't goals. get? Five goals. <laughs> The goal every so he scored game. like two goals in two separate games. So that was most of his haul, right? We talked about on the review show that he scored in like three fixtures and that was it. That was his good run. But on the park, he just his movement wasn't good. He didn't recycle possession well. He didn't create much, really. I'll tell you what he brought. He brought us great banter in the group chat for whenever you said Brad Hinman was shit. What has he done? All games done nothing, and then he'd get the ball, have a shot off target. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he sure would. Yeah. It was terrible. He reminded me a bit of the Brad, the Brett Holman role, except that Brett Holman's actually been pulled, like you know he has has, been, of, has has been a really good player. And Brett, it's that weird role where you're not an attacker, but you're not 
yeah, mm. you're meant to float between the lines, you know. In advanced, yeah, yeah. You're advanced midfield, but you're not quite off, you know, off the shoulder and like that. You're coming in deep. You can, yeah. And he came, and what position did he was he before now? Like he just came. He was sort of like doing. He's not a winger. He's not a wing back. He's sort of an attacking midfield. We started off in the preseason using him as a striker, and then we went, oh, well, oh, fuck, that's not. He gets lost <laughs> up there, or he just we put him too far forward, and he disappears. Maybe he'll go that bit wider off. Yeah, they went. Oh, we didn't really work. Yeah, we tried playing four four three with wide players. We tried playing five at the back, and you you two attacking mids come more central. It all worked out so well. Started off so well when he scored against Sydney. Yeah, that's in it. Three in the FA Cup, and then nothing until. Yeah. Year, At least basically. he has that. He also scored a double against Newcastle Jets in preseason as well. Uh, yeah, preseason looked fantastic. Yeah, just when the season came in, when it was you know mattered. And then literally three games in a row, he scores his five goals, and then mm. that's it for the year. But I think that's what what gets me. Like, so he got 26, 26 games, twenty two starts. Like, he wasn't contributing much after that Newcastle game, which was December or first of January. And no, no, no. So he he scored a double in. Remember for that we scored a double in the Melbourne City game, so eleventh of January. I get after see, that. Yeah, and the one so beforehand was at first of January. So, so yeah, scored, yeah, so after he scored January, most of his goals in January. Yeah, late December. <laughs> yeah, so the Christmas, period. Christmas school holidays, yeah. Brad Eggman is your man. I, I think I made the quit. He he did just enough <laughs> in January. He did just enough <laughs> in January not to get sold. But then we kept planning for the next couple of months till uh, COVID. And then when Moon came in, he was like, Well, I guess Inman's the senior attacker, we're getting back in. And he just sort of strung along, and I reckon even by the end, I know he got injured just before the finals, but I think Moon was already kind maybe, of here or there with him as well. So. Maybe Inman had like a clause in his contract where he got a bonus for the number of goals scored, and he hit that fifth goal in that in that, that game. Was it, yeah. <laughs> and he, he, he forgot about it, scored the second goal because they're going to count the FA Cup game, right? Yeah. In that, and and there's just like five goal exit clause. <laughs> yeah, and now he's off to India. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he is apparently off to India. But... I, I just think if you, he was one of our primary three attacking players on the park at any given time, and we got more out of the other ones. At the time. I'm not sure you're like, and I don't know how much sort of you know pressing we meant to really be doing this season. I know people are doing a hell of a lot, especially the players we have. But to me, it sort of seemed like he's the younger one up there. He probably should have been doing a lot of the pressing and stuff like that. No, he I don't quick, and he looks yeah. sharp on his feet. It feels like pressing should be in his game, right? But I don't feel like he did much there at that either. And yeah, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, Brad Inman's, uh Well, it would, just, he'll I live mean, in the one memory only because right. of your annoyance with him, and, well, it, we, and me and Dave especially find it funny. But uh, <laughs> I'll give you this: Brad Inman is he scored five goals from hmm. midfield, right? Which if you got Two or three players scoring five goals from midfield, plus the sprinkling other ones. That's a that's a good output yeah. from the midfield from a goal perspective. We had ten goals in midfield, um, and two of those from the FA Cup. Yeah, right. But, so the the midfield. And this is probably one of the biggest problems with our team this year was it was just no output from the midfield in that respect. We relied too much on the strikers, and the strikers weren't doing the job either. So. Obviously, we covered a lot of this in the review show, but there just wasn't enough from the midfield. The midfield was very, eh. Yeah. Good but player, you... Jay O'Shea, which will come on in a second, but the rest of it was very, maybe, eh. Yeah, but it's... my counterpoint is, what do you define as midfield, right? Because you're playing essentially five at the back, two sort of holding players, yeah. one sort of guy, and then sort of 
one right at the top and Scotty McDonald sort of... I think in, Moon, in definitely, Moon yeah. definitely put us into sort of a like a triangle in midfield and two attackers. But I don't think but then, I think for a lot of that triangle either, did he? I think for a lot of the season, Fowler might have been more 5-2-3 and he was part of the three. So that's what I felt. And wide and... Yeah, look, it's, it's always a winning definition team. Yeah, I, so I don't know. Look, like, we're trying to bulk up the midfielder section, mate. We needed something to talk about. Otherwise, it would have been like, oh, yeah, some players did some things. And, oh, yeah, and then Wikipedia tells me everything, all right? Just yeah. that. Everyone go to Wikipedia well, and read you, about you, you could also <laughs> say, technically, we didn't play five at the back. We played three at the back. And both yeah. our wingbacks yeah. were actually wide midfielders. So I guess my point <laughs> is that on the field at any given time, you have three players. You have your Scott McDonald, your striker, and Inman, and they're supposed to be your primary Look, he had, a number 10, he had a number 10 on his back, mate. What does that mean he plays on the pitch? That means he plays wherever the fuck he wants to play because numbers <laughs> don't mean shit. Um, Jacob Pepper's number eight and Danny Kim is also number eight. So, yeah, that's really... Yeah, that's it. All right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm so plenty about him. Let's talk that's about it. someone good. Let's talk about, yeah, he was the... Let's move on to probably the mainstay of the midfield, certainly all season. Played every game, did Jay O'Shea, the... Uh, Irishman, yeah, Irishman. Uh, so 29 chances, no, no, no subs on anything like that. Two goals from him, three yellow cards. He was a player's player, so that shows that he was pretty well respected in the team. And he was a quality player, Dave. Yeah, yeah, he's all right. He um, probably come to the wrong person for the affirmation on that one because I've actually said and been berated for saying. He's all right. He's all right. He's, he's, he's nothing too. Yeah, Talk him up, and then I let him. I let buddy. He's fine. Uh, yeah. You probably get out of the wrong person as well. God, yeah. no one liked this guy. No, Played his player. Can we bring a Brisbane Raw player? <laughs> Why did you vote for him? Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't. I voted for this guy, but I put him second. He seemed all right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of just what, what Dan was, was mentioning before, is that just the, the output from the midfield this season was, wasn't was really notable. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure from a, you know, probably from more of a defensive perspective, you know, Jay was probably quite good and, um, you know, he, he probably did his bits and pieces, but it just, it wasn't as notable as you would kind of see him improving, like you sort of think of, you know, I mean, even though you say Pardalu was was a little bit hidden, you know, I, I remember him being quite good at distributing and then mm. Bratton after him, yeah. you know, Bratton's probably our most notable kind of midfielder from a defensive perspective. And then, you know, obviously... You didn't miss that behind buzzing around because he'd be buzzing yeah. and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you've, you've got Madoka and Mackay who, who used to just, you know, they they would just run all day um, and, and they, they, they were just kind of those grinding kind of midfielders that would just keep working and keep working and keep working. And I just, I haven't seen this season where... This this season there hasn't really been too many standouts for me in terms of midfielders with with big contributions. And that's my take with O'Shea. Like he's not like you look at someone like Ninkovic. He adds something that mm. the team otherwise doesn't have. O'Shea just does everything that everyone else does, but like a little better <laughs> in every facet. And, I know and, he didn't score much, but beyond that. And look, I think part of the problem was he was really our only creative properly creative midfielder that actually showed that he could create. Nobody else, well, maybe Danny Kim, right, was literally the only other creative midfielder. Everybody else was just plotting, you know. Yeah, well. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, it yeah, breaks a ball. But, like, mid-A-league table quality. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, if, if JSJ's in Sydney FC, he's not the best creative player in Sydney FC's team. No, no. He's the Luke Bratton of the 
Yeah, no, 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 that, Rick but, said he's not quite that, but he's similar to he's, yeah, GS structure. But because he's li- he was literally the only creative outlet, teams could just man mark him out of games, and that was our only creative outlet gone. So we were then reduced to long balls and whatever else because he was literally the only player that could create anything for others. Well, until, so, until Scott McDonald came in, where yeah. I think mean, O'Shea finally had an outlet to play too yeah. and be able to and, get something back. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and Scotty McDonald is a you know relatively unselfish striker where, mm. you know, Others won't, but we'll get onto them in the next show. And I think just to like round that out about Jay, like he was, I think, I'm pretty sure he ended up finishing the league best at um, balls into the box, sort of, you know. Mm-hmm. But that probably says we did run a lot of our game through him because he was our best person to be doing that. And balls yeah, in the box. Right? Yeah, balls in the box. Yeah, he loves getting <laughs> balls in the box. Uh, Long yeah. balls, short balls, some the size of your head. Yeah, you <laughs> uh, and, and we, but then also to Ben's point, like we always kept shifting him around the field to try and find a spot where he could do yeah. the most damage. Like sometimes we'd bring him back into some more defensive roles, he could sit back and deep, and then then we'd sort of miss that you know that killer ball up front, or we'd play him up front, and then he'd get man marked out because he'd be surrounded by two defenders all the time. Like it was a problem they had because we didn't have someone to be able to take pressure off. And a good midfield needs a couple of good players there that can do something that forces the team. And if you end up a bit... I think you improve the midfield around him. Jay O'Shea becomes a much better player. Yeah. 100%. I I think so. And and I think a lot of people... And and look, I'm not taking anything away from what Jay O'Shea can do and and how good a player he he is or could be. Um, But a lot of people that I've seen online, especially since the season's done and all the you know stats after this, after they mm. come out with all the stats saying, hey, look where these players rank compared to each other on assists or, or balls into the air or whatever it might be. And Jay Shaywin never would be one of the players in there. And people say, oh, look how amazing he is. It's like, give it context. Yeah. You've got to give it that context around what, how, how we played the game as well. If we, the reason why Jay Shea might sit higher than a Ninkovic on something like that is because Sydney aren't relying on Ninkovic to do everything. Mm-hmm. They have multiple players that are doing that. Bomiang, they had Bratton, yeah, that's it. Um, you know, Rolante, Whereas he left was, before he left. Like, you know, it was a real one-man band. Like, he was it from a creation standpoint until McDonald arrived, and even then that was only making it to 1.5 players that could do that. Yeah. Like, because a lot of the creating that he was did more was giving, for himself. Giving J.O.J.A. something to play too. Yeah. Yeah. It makes Moon's job next season interesting because what do you do? You know, you, depending on how you structure, do you get another O'Shea esque kind of player and go, well, now we've got the same but two playmakers, so well, you better, or do you go, we need something totally different that lets him be more of a playmaker and takes the work off him? Or do you maybe, unleashes, maybe unleashes a player like Akbar into a better role for him that's mm-hmm. going to complement Jay O'Shea, maybe. Who knows? So I'm actually kind of optimistic in seeing more from O'Shea because I think something a bit different. I, I think the same clause though applies to the two, the other two lads that have come over from the UK. Like if they end up going back, can they actually come back? Like, is the money there? Like I don't think Jay O'Shea is a cheap player to have. Like, you know, he was a, he was what a league two player of the league year. League two player like, of the year. So he's like, he was an, he's a known good quality player. I, um, I also think though that, you know, we now, you know, when we talk about clean slates, like what Robbie had at the start of this season, whoever comes in, you know, like, like, uh, like, it's going to be who Warren wants to be in that midfield. Like, because he has J.O.J., he has Ramonak Barry, and who else? Under contract. Mm. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, Redemption's gone, Kim's gone, Truen's still around, but he's young. Pepper's gone. Um, Pepper's gone, O'Neill's gone. gone. Mel's probably gone as well. He's probably only a one-year deal. Or... Yeah. 
That would so be amazing. amazing if we re-signed Nels, actually. That would be incredible. One sub-appearance off Co- the bench. The COVID signing. <laughs> yeah. So we can't afford anyone else. Yeah. You're getting the run. So, yeah, that midfield is pretty bare, and that's where we need to reinforce for next year. And, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a little bit of a sad tale. But then that's the back five takes pressure off the midfield, like Rip was saying. You know, you can't include your right wing backs. You could say it's a 3-4-3 three, three or something instead. But anyway, let's get into schematics. That's enough talking about the midfielders. Thank you for listening. We've got one more show to go. Hang around for a few more days and we'll give you the forward show. Bye-bye. Bye.